Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached Word of God in agreement to the Scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. I want to take just a few moments and finish uh, our lesson from this morning. I'm not going to take but just a few moments, and I'm serious about that, but Certainly, it's these next few moments that, uh, to me, are some of the most meaningful. And so, I'm, as I said earlier today when I began this lesson, that was certainly asking all of you that were here to make an extra effort to try to keep some continuity across what we were talking about a moment ago and now where we're headed in, this, in the next few minutes. I'm thankful for the church. As I mentioned a moment ago in my closing statements, the church is my connection to the body. It is the body of Christ, and it is my connection to heaven here on this earth. And there are days that I certainly need to hear from God, and I'm thankful that I have the privilege to do that through prayer and through the study of his word. I'm thankful that I also have the privilege to do that through uh, different mediums, whether that's listening or watching sermons or church services or conferences and we're very privileged in the hour that we live in. The world has become a lot smaller through technology and we're able to uh, even participate in conferences or meetings that we're not literally able to attend. But despite all of those things, there are still times that I need a warm touch and I need a voice that can speak to me in my life. And I'm thankful for the church because you see all of our encouragement doesn't come just through the pulpit ministries of the church. But many, many times we're encouraged and lifted and strengthened just by uh, the camaraderie that we have within the body of Christ. And so I'm thankful that the church is my heaven to earth connect point. David was hiding from Saul in the cave and he had some very hard times, very difficult times, but he knew that God was with him. As a matter of fact, as I mentioned earlier, David wrote several psalms and songs dur during this particular time. And so it's apparent to me that God visited him through angelic hosts to encourage him and to strengthen him during those times. But also there were with him 400 other men that came from all four corners of the earth, so to speak. They were distressed, they were in debt, they were discontented. They came and they camped around David. And I, I want you to do the best job that you possibly can envisioning this, not just hearing the words, but literally envisioning this. Here is David, a man after God's own heart. God's anointed, his elect, and his chosen to be the next king of Israel. But David was at a very dark and desperate time and season in his own life. And so he went to the cave Adullam. And then the Bible says that 400 men came to him, these men, distressed, deaded, discontented, and they camped around about David. In, in the truest sense of the word, he needed them as much as they needed him. He was training them, and they were, in their own right, 
they were strengthening him. This is the church. This is a great snapshot of the church. The church is not a building that we go to, although I certainly believe and will always believe in corporate worship. Our times and seasons are coming together. It is scriptural. The Bible even says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. So much the more as we see the day approaching. We certainly need church. And uh, I'm thankful that not only do we teach and preach uh, from behind this pulpit that we need far more than what just the ministries of this church can offer, but I'm thankful that we have a responsive congregation that, that when we go to various other functions, whether that's children's or youth or ladies or men's conferences or camp meetings, whatever it may be, that it, it always does my heart good to look out across that audience and see such a great nucleus of our church body that is literally present at those venues because I realize that if we can take some of this home, we're going to be better. We're going to be better people. And so it's not the building that we attend. The church is not just a club that uh, we join or a meeting that we're a part of. It's an army that God is putting together to stand strong, to stand shoulder to shoulder in every circumstance of life. The church is here to protect. The church is here to protect (laughs) Amen. If we're going to protect anybody, if we're going to stand up for anybody, we ought to stand up for one another. And so when the spirit of gossip and rumor mills begin to to, uh, churn, uh, there ought to be something that rises up in us that says, wait a minute, this is my brother, this is my sister, and and I, I need to stand by them and encourage them. Amen. I, I understand that uh, that everybody or at least a lot of people, it's human nature to have kind of a proclivity or a bent to, to, to like to hear gossip, gossip. You may be seated. <laughs> it's just there, just that nature. When, when, when somebody says something, when they start talking in hushed tones, it's our nature to lean in. And, um, but, you know, we need to be protectors of one another and, and, and encouragers and supporting. It's a Dulem's cave. Now, <clears throat> there's a double point that I want to close with here, and I feel like it's very important for us to understand this. So please listen, because I feel like what I'm about to share is as important as anything that I have shared up to this point. There's an old adage that simply says this, birds of a feather flock together. I know you've heard that. At least you understand the the, the message behind that statement. But I want to draw your attention back to the moment that David was in this situation all by himself and very, very quickly, in summary, we're just going to take still small snapshots of, uh, of David as we go back to that moment in time. Here is David in this situation all by himself. Then his family joined him And then these degenerate men became drawn to him. So if we could just roll the the footage back to that particular moment and stop the frame at that exact moment in David's lowest state of mind and spirit. We understand the great victory song that come out of this. But let's just go back to this moment in time. Here is David alone, literally running for his life, He was a man without a country. And so if we just stop this at this moment in David's lowest state, you know, if you wound the physical body, 
you're going to see visible signs of that wound. If you're cut, you're going to see blood because something on the inside is going to make its way to the outside. Even if you're not cut, if you're, if you're hit hard enough, if you are hit hard enough, then blood's at least going to come to the surface and bruise. There's going to be a sign that the body was struck. Something on the inside is going to come to the outside. And so what I want you to take away from that is this, that the spirit man is no less. The spirit is the same thing. You may not be able to see it with your eyes, but if you were to be able to cut the spirit man, there would be spiritual blood. If you could bruise the spirit man, there would be a visible spiritual bruise. I'm not trying to insult your intelligence, but I I say that to say this, that I believe that it's possible that David, at that lowest moment in his life, if you just have a little steel shot picture in your mind of David in that cave all by himself, It is very possible that David was emanating a spirit or perhaps even spirits that drew these men to him. You with me now? Birds of a feather flock together. And there's something about, um, you know, an animal doesn't have to be in a state of a dead animal doesn't have to be in a state of absolute decay before buzzards or vultures are circling. Long before we can smell it, they can smell it. We're here on the earth with it and we can't smell it. And they're in the heavens and they're picking up death. They're picking up that something is wrong. And so it's very possible that David was emanating a spirit or spirits that drew, initially, drew these men to him. Because you will many times find that when you're going through something, you will attract to you what you're going through. Okay? I realize we've kind of, we've been singing and worshiping, and I've kind of jumped off the deep end, but I've got to get to this. That if we're not careful, we'll lose sight of the fact that we will attract to us what we are going through. And so that's why you have to be very careful that you don't listen to the wrong voice at the wrong time in your life. I may be emanating a spirit that draws something to me that may not be in my best interest. I've watched people through the years that went through very distressing times. And when you do, the enemy can take advantage of wrong spirits that emanate from our lives. Let's just be honest. We've all had bad attitudes. And so, well, I didn't say anything. Well, you may have said a lot more spiritually. Am I getting off too too far off the path for some of these religious folk here? You don't have to say it in order to emanate it. You don't have to write it down. You don't have to type it out. You don't have to send it in a text or an email. But what's in our heart, what's in our spirit, the spirit world picks up on. And so when you've got a bad attitude and a bad spirit, vultures are circling. (laughs) Vultures are circling. And so 
if we allow this to go unchecked, we may draw people into our lives for a season of time that do not have our best interest in mind. Because there are people that are predatory by nature and they love drama and they love death and they love weakness and they prey on that weakness. And so we have to be very, very careful. David is in this cave and all of a sudden he's drawing men to him. Maybe he's drawing men to him that smelled what he was going through. They felt what he was going through, and they maybe, maybe thought. I, I'm I, a lot of conjecture here, but I just want you to, I want to just bathe your mind with something. But if, if in fact these men were drawn to David because of that, they were greatly disappointed because David did not misuse that opportunity. They, they may have thought that you know. Here we could probably talk David now because these men despise Saul and what he was doing to Israel and what he was doing to their nation. And so maybe they thought, you know, we could talk David in. It was just one more attempt. Perhaps we could talk David in to being undisciplined in his spirit because that had happened before. I mean, here is, here is Saul. He's asleep. Let's take him. Here is Saul, he's in a ditch asleep. Hey, we can take him out. As a matter of fact, they even said, this is the will of God. This is the will of God. Come on, David, this is the will of God. Let's take him out. And something in David's spirit. But if you watch, David is here, but he's on a journey downward. And so first, Saul's asleep in a cave. Somebody says, hey, this is our chance. Let's take him out. But he was strong. No, 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 we'll cut the skirt of his... Uh, cut off a little bit of his skirt and everything will be all right. They later, just a couple of pages over, they find him asleep in a ditch. David is still on a descent spiritually. Wait, this is God. We could do this. What if David keeps descending spiritually and people keep saying, this is God, this is God, this is God? Are you with me? We got to be very careful that we don't draw somebody to us to our demise. And so we had to pray that uh, and thank God that David had the good sense not to allow the enemy to wrongly plant a bad thing in his mind and in his heart. I mean, whatever they were before they came to David, they, David did not allow them to shape him, but he stayed in control of the situation. He said, I am going to allow the Lord to shape us. Amen. We find that he succeeded in influencing these men to the good of the kingdom. And so we have to be very careful who we allow in our lives when we're going through spiritual battles. Because some people bring more trouble and disease than you had in the beginning. Because they smelt the death in your spirit. Amen. And so we have to make a choice. We have to make a conscious choice that, that I am going to be very careful in, in a state of woundedness who I allow to come in and have a voice in my life. <laughs> because the enemy, don't ever forget this, is out to kill, steal, and destroy. And we lose sight of that because we think sometimes he's just playing footsies under the table innocently. Not so. Not so. He wants to see nothing but destruction. And so I got to be very, very careful 
that I don't allow something to come from my spirit that draws the wrong people to me and the wrong voices to me. I don't know what those initial conversations were. And, you, and maybe I'm way, way, way too far out in the realm of speculation for some of you. But I'm just trying to challenge your mind. I don't know what those first fireside chats were all about as they gathered themselves. Because again, they didn't come 400 strong. They just came a little at a time until there was eventually 400. And maybe there were some there that had death on their tongue. But there was something about the wounded, even the wounded spirit. I feel this in the Holy Ghost. There was something about even the wounded spirit of David that still purity came forth. Because he was a man after God's own heart. He was disillusioned. Saul wasn't just an average man that was trying to take his life. Saul was a man that he greatly revered. A man that he considered to be a friend. And so even in his wounded condition, David kept somehow his heart pure with God. He was disillusioned with the process. I'm going to tell you something. If you hang around long enough, you'll get disillusioned with the process. <laughs> Amen. You will. The very law sometimes that protect us, pinch our toes. But we need to be encouragers of one another and share what we have as a blessing to one another. And when somebody has a bad attitude, you know, you, we need the good spirit of discernment to realize when somebody just needs to get something off their chest because sometimes we just need to get something off our chest. You know, we don't need somebody just trying to cork every hole right away, eventually cork it, and don't let me bleed to death, but right now let me discharge this. My wife and I sometimes say to one another, said, you know, we, we just kind of begin a conversation and say, I'm, I'm going to say this and then we're done. Right? I'm, I'm going to say, we're not camping out here, but I've got to get this off my chest. You know, some of you are misreading me. I'm not talking about us. Not, not, some of you think, oh, they argue. All right. We have argued before, like in the early 80s or something like that. But just things that are boiling up in our spirit. I've got to get this out, but we're not camping out here. i just got to get this out. And so it's, at that moment, she doesn't want me to say, oh, you're, that's not how it is. That's not, and it may not be. And I don't want her doing me the same way. I've got to get this out. But I'm not camping out here. But I think one by one, these men started picking up in the spirit, in the wounded spirit of David. He's not after blood. And David, therefore, was able to start turning the tide of the heart of these men instead of these men turning the tide of his heart. This, my friend, could have had a much different outcome if David had become the influenced instead of the influencer. And so the church, Adullam's Cave, is not a picnic. The church is not a rose garden. There's thorns here from time to time. But it is God's provision for us. And it's a much better alternative. And in the local church, even in this church, God is welding together a mighty army of faith. The church. Good, bad, ugly, great times, low times. 
times of harvest, times of drought. I'm thankful for the church. Amen. Amen. Let's stand together in Jesus' name. Can you lift your hands with me? Let's pray together. I love you, Lord, today, and I thank you for your goodness and your mercy. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.